hi there, Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about cultivating a deep acceptance of what's real in life so that we can have a solid foundation for building the lives that we want by embracing who we really are, embracing other people, embracing life. And we explore how creativity is a vehicle for allowing that to happen by making the unconscious conscious, if you really want to get into it. Uh, if you return into the show, thank you very much. If you're new, then welcome. My name is Ollie Anderson. Like I said, I'm a creative performance coach, help people to bring more realness into their lives, work with a lot of creative people, hence this podcast. Uh, every episode of the show, I interview somebody who is scintillating and interesting and has some life experience that they can share through their personal philosophy, let's say, about what it means to be human and all that kind of stuff. Uh, today's episode is no different. I'm talking to Heather Isgrig, aka Hizzy to the Hizzo, aka again, my so-called reality. Um, Hizzy, Heather, is on a mission to help people redefine aging itself, what it means to go through the aging process, how we can use that process, which is going to happen to all of us if we're lucky and don't die beforehand, to get into a sense of flow, to accept ourselves, which is the theme of the show, like I said, and how we can basically work with the aging process to allow some of the things we may have been hiding from ourselves to re-emerge so that we can get a more solid foundation and a deeper understanding of what it means to be human before we actually do drop dead and uh, our lives end. So this is an awesome conversation about life itself, ultimately, what it means to be human, how we can work with it, how we can get the most out of it. Heather, thank you so much for your time. This was an awesome uh, conversation. Love the energy, love the vibes. I'm going to stop talking. Thanks for listening. Here we go. Boom. Oh, hi there. Heather, a.k.a. Hizzy to the Hizzo. Uh, thank you for joining me on today's episode of Creative Status. You have a lot of um, very wise things to say, I believe, about the aging process and death and how we can uh, use life itself and some of its inevitabilities to become more real and to create the kind of life that we want. And ETC, I'm going to ask you loads of questions, but before I do, do you feel like introducing yourself, telling people how you became who you are and doing the things that you do, and also what you want to get out of this conversation? Thank you so much for having me. I am such a huge fan, so I'm a bit of a fangirl, but I am so happy to be here. And I, you know, I kind of fell into everything by accident, which I sometimes I think that sometimes is the best way. Mm. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of a, I like to say I like to hold space for people and I like to be a tough love cheerleader. But mm. predominantly, I like to focus on the aging process and, and letting us know that it's okay and it's healthy and it's natural yeah so let's get right into it right although i i kind of do want to know what you want to get out of this conversation before we do that like what what do you want to get out of what we're about to embark upon well i just want people to see a different perspective on aging i think a lot of times especially women we tend to kind of think it's kind it's the same for everybody and it isn't and Mm. so my my focus is more of like people really kind of authentically finding out what their definition mm. of aging is. Mm. Cause I find, you know, everybody, especially at my age, we kind of hit this midlife um, section and we kind of decide whether we're going to double down on what we've already done or if we're going to change up. 
And so I think that a lot of times people are scared to do the change up and I, yeah. and I, and I have, and I feel like it's been the best thing I've ever done. And I would, I would like to let people know there's a life past gray hair. <laughs> mm. Wow. So you just cracked open this whole conversation with what you said, because ultimately it's exactly that for most people. Like everybody thinks aging is the same for all of us. And it basically means that at some point in our lives, we're, we're just going to start deteriorating in all areas. Our body is going to start falling to pieces and no one's going to find us attractive anymore. And then we're going to become invisible and, you know, society is just not interested because we've deteriorated socially as well. And ultimately, as you have found in your own life, that is not true. It actually only becomes true if you double down on trying to be the same instead of learning from the process of awakening, I guess, to what aging has to teach us. So let me really innovate and keep it simple. Like, what would you say is the perspective on aging that needs changing? Like, what's the main assumptions and narrative around getting old that people have that you have found to basically be bullshit and that needs shattering? Well, I think, you know, the that somehow, I mean, and I have to speak from my woman's perspective here, but, mm. you know, I find a lot of times it's, kind of glorified to hold on to uh, youth mm. where I'm hoping that, you know, people can see that you can mm. kind of transcend both of it. And I, I mean, for me, when I look at it, I feel like a lot of women look like they're desperate when they're trying to hold on <laughs> to being yeah. 23. You're, you're yeah, just yeah. not going to be 23, 25. And honestly, I've, being in middle age, you know, you kind of work, you hear about this midlife crisis. And now that I'm here, I understand why it's because you, you, you kind of grow up in a society where you see all of these uh, pressures on women to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. Mm. Um, and there's elements of that that are true that you, you know, that you do enjoy, but then there's a, a whole other side of it that gets kind of thrown out the window as far as, you know, I, I tell my kid all the time and I'm ranting here, but um, you, you spend a lot of time on the outside as a kid. But then as you get older, you realize it's the inside that matters. It's like mm -hmm. the glow up that you get on the inside. You can't you can't mm -hmm. put a price tag on that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel like once they hit a peak of whatever it is, they feel like their physical attractiveness is then there becomes this huge depression that comes like they lost everything. Like everything was based on this appearance. And then it's this rat race to kind of, you know, keep up with, you know, the new lip filler or the, you know, new procedure that's out that's, you know, mm -hmm. going to microblade your brows or whatever the case is. And, and I'm not disregarding good genes come into play. I mean, good genes are good genes, right? But there's also things that we can do that we nurture a correct environment for ourselves. Mm. I love what you just said. Like ultimately the aging process is something that's going to happen to everybody. And when it does happen and it is always happening, but when you start to realize it's happening, you basically have a choice though. Like mm. you can yes. try and hold on to something that no longer exists, which is obviously futile. But I guess there's a lot of modern conveniences that make you feel like you can hold on. So I'm talking about cosmetic surgery and makeup and whatever else people do. But ultimately, you realize 
if you're lucky, that it's a shift, like you said, from focusing on all the external things to turning inwards and finding some kind of lasting sort of value within yourself and your relationship with yourself, rather than just trying to get value in all these superficial ways that we've been conditioned to try and um, get them, get get value from, uh, for our whole lives. And so I guess this is why your work, coaching people around, you know, transitions into old age or older age and making the most of it, your work actually has kind of universal application because even though we're talking about a specific period in life, what you're actually doing is helping them to tune back in to realness or to reality. Because if they if they spend their whole lives focusing externally and then suddenly they realize, oh, okay, there's a stronger foundation inside anyway. And my connection to that foundation has nothing to do with all of these things that change and that I can't hold on to anyway, because what's real is always real and blah, blah, blah. By helping people to do that, you're actually aligning them with universal truths that apply to all of us, no matter how old we are, whether we're male or female or blah, blah, blah. And so I guess the question is, what is the main thing or what are the main qualities that people need to start cultivating in order to be able to manage these this transition that you're helping them deal with? Well, you know, I think it really is, I mean, simple to some degree is a really, I mean, it's simple. It's never really easy, is it? But, um, it, what do you want? Like, what, what do you really want? So, you know, because I think that a lot of times we realize that, you know, especially, you know, people are like, Oh, it's just hair. It's just gray hair, but it is hair. Hair is a big deal for a lot of people. And so you really see the resistance when you start doing something as simple as letting your hair go gray, how, how it can ruffle some feathers and you're just like, wow, you know, it, cause it, cause it reminds everybody else that, you know, yeah. we're all getting older. And so then you're like, wow, I didn't, I mean, I just thought this was for me. Mm-hmm. And so it will build up a resilience of showing you that there's a lot of things in your life that kind of fall into that same pattern. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you can see that, you know, I always tell that story about the elephant. You, you, you always say that too. I love that story about where, you know, they put the, elephant on a little stake when they're young and they pull it and pull it and they can't pull out. And then when they get older, they're just stuck there. They don't even try to pull it anymore because they just Mm. have given up. Mm. And I feel like a lot of times we, especially women, I mean, we've been told since birth that basically after 30, you're, you're useless at this point. And so, Mm. you know, this, I I mean, I can't tell you how much further from the truth that is. Uh, I mean, I've had more freedom and the older I get, I have enjoyed every age to the point where it, I mean, I just want everybody to feel that way. Mm. And when I see women that are trying to hold on to 25 or whether it be, I mean, you can take those same principles that you want, have a funky style, do a different thing, but don't um, try to hold on to these societal things that are, and that's the thing is people act like they're not there, but when you start pushing up against them, you find that they are very real, Yeah, you know, especially from the people that you love the most, which is almost the most shocking because, you know, you're like, how are all these strangers giving me more support than these people that are in my inner circle? And those are the people that are the most vulnerable with you. And so those are the ones that get most stirred up. Mm. So I find in, in my work that people, 
are like me where they want to make this change and they try to make the change and then they get this pushback and then they get scared because they don't have a safe space to kind of let this go. Yeah. And it's so, and so that's, it's just crazy yeah. how it, it relates or it, uh, connects like that. Yeah. So for people that don't know the, the change that you're talking about ultimately is just embracing the fact that aging is a thing and that, you know, people go gray and you don't need to hide that. You can, you know, own your gray hair, gray hair, and basically just rock the hell out of it. But what you found is a lot of people, like you said, by seeing women in particular embrace their grayness and the fact that they're getting older and everything, a lot of people have a problem with it and they'll try and convince them to go back to the old way of being where you know they feel like they have to dye their hair, they have to mask it, they have to pretend to be young and so on and so forth. And it's because by truly accepting who they are, these gray-haired women are actually making a stand against all of these kind of cultural narratives around beauty standards and aging standards and blah, blah, blah. And the wider issue there, which I find really interesting, is that purely by accepting themselves and where they are in life, it's triggering unreal people who are actually been unreal with themselves and would rather hide from life and reality than truly, you know, go through this kind of internal shift you're talking about and embrace who they are and what life is. And so I guess this is where it's a good point maybe to get into your pathway that you've created for your clients, which is about, you know, helping them realize that they're in a kind of prison, starting to awaken to the truth about life and how it works and gray hair and ETC, ETC, learning to flow by owning themselves and then finding the kind of freedom that you've got and that you talk about where, you know, you, can, you basically you've enjoyed every age and you're happy and ETC, ETC, because you've embraced and accepted the truth about who you are and what life is. The interesting thing that you've just shared is the one I've just been rambling about, where people who decide they're not going to buy into that cultural narrative and pretend that aging and death, ETC, isn't a thing, they let their hair go gray and they show it off in its natural color, but then people try and make them feel guilty or they shame them or whatever it is, purely because people would rather stay in prison and keep other people in a kind of mental prison so that they can feel good about themselves. So I guess the question is, what can you tell us about this prison stage? And maybe on a deep level, why do some people prefer to stay in the prison, even though actually it's making them miserable? That, I think that's the biggest question. I think it's because they don't know any different. Um, I think that once you, you have a taste of the freedom, you don't even think about going back. Like now it's not even, it's just such a different mindset, but that prison is, you know, it kind of goes back to the story about the boiling, the frogs, like they put you in the water and then they slowly turn it up. It's like, if you're like me, who somebody that was going gray at like 19, it's like, oh my gosh, you just don't let your hair go gray at 19. So you're, you know, so you've been doing this over and over and over again, and then you get to middle age and now you're losing all your hair and everybody's kind of telling you it's not this, it's this and this and this, you have everything checked and you realize your body is, if you listen to it is saying, Hey, just try something else. And so you try something else, you realize, holy moly, I was in like you you break out of that prison and then you realize you were in one. So a lot of times we don't even know we were in that boiling bot, that 
boiling pot or that prison to begin mm-hmm. with. But mm-hmm. there are little signs like, you know, hair loss. I mean, I was at a point where my hair loss was so bad. I didn't want to take any pictures with my, you know, with my family or my friends or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wearing a hat where it, when you're coloring your hair all the time, you're wearing a hat just occasionally when you need to color. And then I was wearing it all the time because I just didn't like my hair at all. Mm-hmm. So now you were kind of, you wow. know, on either side, you just didn't like it. So it's like, I would much rather try something else. So it's recognizing those little things. And, you know, when everybody you're, you are kind of reaching out to, it's kind of giving you the back push of, no, that's not what it is, but your body tells you one thing. Mm. Once it gives you the evidence, then you start, you're like, okay, there's a little evidence. Let's build on that evidence. So then you kind of make a plan of what, mm. how you're really going to do it. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, it took me three times to actually go through with it, yeah. you know, where I let it go, where the roots, you know, because with ladies, it looks like you just haven't been to the hairdresser for a minute, but you know, you got to get past that six month mark. And that's really, you know, for me, that's the biggest crutch. I would like to help those women that maybe feel like they're in a prison. And mm. that first six months is the hardest to get you, you're almost on the end of a diving board, just looking down, like, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to do this? And mm. you get out. And then once you get in there, you're like, the water is great. Everything is awesome. Look at this. I'm in an ocean. Like I, I could do my own thing, but it's just that first, you know, getting that jump. And then, you know, after you start feeling good, then you have to, you hit that flow and then you, you you're gone. You're after that. You're, you, nobody can stop you. You're yeah. so, you're so dug in and you realize that so much of that stuff was so unreal. I mean, you hear that it's unreal all the time, but when you actually feel it and you have that experience of it and you feel so much better on the other side of it, you just, there's just no going back. Yeah. Like I, I know you focus on the silver sisters as you call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, this prison stage it shows us and teaches us a lot about the the human experience because actually there are so many people out there that are stuck in a kind of prison. Yes. And I know, I was, you know it's a cliche, right? It's so obvious, but like people are stuck in a kind of mental prison and they don't realize it because it's, you know, they're filtering everything through their ego and blah, blah, blah. But the weird thing is people get so used to being in the prison that instead of trying to break out of it, because I guess they're not aware of it being a prison yet, but they get so used to it that everything they do is basically informed by the limited assumptions they've picked up because of the prison. And so they constantly try and adapt their lives to fit into the prison instead of breaking out and and becoming whoever it is that they really want to be. And so in the case that you just shared, right, people are in prison because of, you know, the stuff that they carry around silver hair and uh, gray hair and all this kind of stuff. And so they do all these weird things to try and cope, like dye their hair and all these different remedies and stuff that may get recommended on the Internet. It's the same for regular people that have not necessarily got this issue of, of gray hair out there in the world who are trapped in lives that they don't want instead of actually trying to change things in a real way, they try and modify themselves to fit into the prison that doesn't even need to exist. And so I guess the question for you is, how can we speed up the process of, I guess, waking up or awakening to the fact that the prison is even there in the first place, if, if that makes sense? 
No, it does. And, you know, it's to me, I think that is like such a quintessential uh, question of life because some, I mean, I, I truly believe that you can't be creative without limitations. Like, I mean, the limitations is what gives you that creativity, but then some people you give them the limitations and they'll never go outside of them. So I don't know what the mindset is that changes people. I mean, I just hope that people are open enough to be inspired by other people's actions. And you can look at things and be like, wow, I like how they did that, but I'd like to put my twist on it or do something like that. But if somebody isn't born with a curious seed, Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can, that you can actually give that to somebody or let them or help facilitate. I mean, that's why I I say I try to hold space for people to see if they want to do that. If that's Mm -hmm. even something that that is something that is interesting to them. But I think passion comes from a place that I I don't know, but I mean, I, I, I mean, give me a cardboard box and I'll make it look good, but some people (laughs) they'll just sleep on it, you know? Yeah. I don't know what yeah. what does that. That's people, actually sorry. No, I was gonna say people that can inspire emotion. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, that's so interesting because actually, I think like in my coaching practice, people that have started to wake up to the fact that they need to change their lives have always reached out because they've reached some kind of a like a a breaking point or the restlessness that they feel has just got so overbearing that they're like, right, I actually have to do something. But I think one of the traps of the prison that makes it more insidious and dangerous than it may even face first look is that if it's just the right amount of comfortable, that it is tolerable, then people will never want to leave anyway. Because it's not so uncomfortable that they do reach that breaking point where they're like, fuck this, I need to change something. They're just kind of going through the motions and they, you know, they can stay on that loop of just doing the same old thing again and again and again, even though it's not really that satisfying. But it's not that uncomfortable either that they're actually going to do something about it. And so maybe there's something there. Like in your case, what made you wake up and say, right, this is it, I'm not... I'm not going to keep dyeing my hair. I'm going to own the fact that I've reached a certain age in life and that my hair is just gray and that's that. What woke you up and made you, I guess, reach that point of no return? Like maybe there's a lesson there. Well, listen, and it's, it sounds woo-woo, but it really is tuning into my body. I know women, we mm. we become so out of balance that we don't even realize that we're out of our homeostasis. And mm. so when my hair was falling out and everybody was telling me it was a thyroid, this or that, or whatever. I mean, not, not one person was telling me that it was the dye, you know, you know, not, but my body was, Mm. my body was right there saying, just don't do it. Let's just see what's, I mean, what's the worst, you know, why, why not? And I mean, in, in, in all true transparency, I was dealing this through the pandemic. So it was a little bit easier because you weren't, you know, dealing with the whole social pressures of having a lot of weddings or a lot of different um, activities that is silly. But we as women, we and if you've been dyeing your hair like I was, you plan a whole dye schedule around your whole, you know, uh, social schedule, as silly as that is. And that's a part of being in a prison. You know, mm-hmm. you it is. You'd, I mean, I can't tell, like, after having so much of my life in that particular, you know, I have to have schedule to make sure I get the most out of it, you know, to not even thinking about it, mm. that, you know, is just, I, I, 
you can't put a price tag on that. You, I mean, I guess you can because I'm saving tons of money, tons of time. <laughs> I mean, you can actually. I mean, it is crazy the amount of energy that's spent on something like that. Yeah. And if you think about it, it ultimately boils down to having either a real relationship with yourself or an unreal relationship with yourself. Surprise, surprise. Like, that's what everything boils down to. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the prison, the only reason you will be there or end up there for a sustained amount of time is because there's a lack of acceptance. And by shifting into acceptance, which means that you're accepting reality itself and what's real about you and blah, 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 because the only thing you can do is accept reality. By shifting into that way of being, all of the unreal choices that you were making, which were keeping you in the prison anyway, fell by the wayside. Like as soon as you realized that you've either been real or unreal, well, the, the choices that you make can only become more real. And that's when you put yourself on the path to the, I guess the next stage of your pathway after prison and awakening, which is to start flowing. And so what can you tell us there, I suppose, from your journey around waking, waking up to a deeper sense of acceptance, making real choices, and then flowing with life a lot more? Well, I think that's the key is flowing with life. It's, you know, I always say downstream effort, downstream effort. Mm -hmm. So you're not trying to take your boat, flip it around and trying to go upstream. Mm -hmm. It's already flowing. It's your part of it. So let's get in our raft and just wow. flow down there and let's pull the things on the side that are already going in our direction. Yeah. You know, once you start yeah. uh, feeling that and then you feel the momentum of that mm -hmm. picking up, it's like now it's a no brainer on the hair. Like when people even make a comment of it, I just laugh because it's like, there's, you know, but I mean, I don't even get it that often, but every once in a while there'll be like something said. And I just yeah. laugh because that it couldn't even touch it. Like the, the happiness and the downstream flow effort, because now that is, I'm like, what else is like that? You know, now that I've done this with the hair and I've gotten such great results, it's like, okay, you know, let's start a business. Let's start a coaching thing. Let's start, you know, mm -hmm. let's, let's see what else has been told that you, you can't do it because the flow is just coming in. You're like, wow, this is, I mean, kind of like an athlete or anything, you know, I always say, you know, life and waves, you know, it's all about mm -hmm. waves and you're, mm -hmm. you're the surfer that's sitting on, on the beach watching these waves. Now, if you go out to the beach and there's just no waves, I mean, you can get out there and make a wave, but the wave is probably not going to be the best wave. You know, you're going to have to make it work and it's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be great. Or you can just come back the next day or and do it when the waves are there. But it's your choice to jump out into the wave. If you sit out there with your surfboard on the beach, you're not going to, you know, have the fun experience. But you might get taken down. You might get under the undertow for a little bit. But, mm. you know, if you you have to take the opportunity to ride the wave. And as soon as you hit that flow and you get that sweet spot, you, you don't want anything else. You it's um, it has just gone over into everything. It's so as silly as that is, it started with hair and then it just snowballed into like a million other things. Yeah. And um, you know, and in the three years that I've done it, it's like, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And it's, so silly that it started with that you know kind of by accident but yeah. it, it's real and it, it it's the results are amazing yeah i don't think it's silly like i think anything in our life that reminds us things are changing 
and that we either flow with it, like you said, or we resist anything, whether it's hair or I don't know, a pet dying, whatever it is. A that, job, losing it to anything. Yeah, yeah, literally anything, right? It's it's gonna lead us back to the same place because everything actually leads to the same place, which is reality itself, truth, the nature of being, and blah blah blah. And so that is why your journey is so interesting because it starts with this specific thing and it took you to a super universal place. The thing is that with the flow thing, I guess ultimately part of embracing all of these truths about life and everything is ultimately everything is flowing towards death. Yes, <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> like, I wanted to squeeze that in there. Oh, I, like, oh, I love it. Everything is flowing towards death. Yes. You, you now ex- accept that. I guess as you were talking about flow and everything, I was I was thinking about that. Do you think one of the reasons people want to stay in prison is purely because they don't want to face death? And yeah. so by creating this little bubble to live in, yep. and you know, you, you already know the question, right? So yeah, how does death feed into all this, and how can we accept it in the way that we seem to be talking about, so that we can flow properly? No, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, it, you're essentially sitting on the beach and not getting out there because you don't want to get pummeled because you might die. I mean, what not that the worst thing that can really happen to us? Wow. So it's, uh, it is, but it isn't safer because then you're resentful for everybody else. If you're on the beach, you're going to be resentful for everybody else that's killing it out there. Mm-hmm. And then you're, and then you're just going to be eaten inside, uh, you know, inside out. So even if you look right, it, it just, it really is. <laughs> about like you, the train has already left the station. So, yeah. I mean, it's a slide and nobody really knows what happens when, when we're done, you know, with this body, you know, we could all just be floating in our little butterfly ethers or whatever. So, you know, to not enjoy every moment as much as you possibly can. I mean, I just think it's, it's a waste, mm-hmm. but if you are, but I could also see where if you're eating the same thing every single day, how, you know, you can just get to the point where you don't want to go outside of that because you're too scared. So mm. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what, what makes it, but I do think that once you taste the flow, mm. once you taste it and you feel it like throughout your body, you'll want to try to do anything you can to get back to it. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that there's, I mean, it's the rush. It's the rush you get on whatever, you know, when you're in the zone, there's just nothing like that. So you just, but you also realize that you can't stay there forever. I mean, there is fluctuations in life. So it's about realizing that, you know, I might be low right now, but I know I'm I'm just in the undertow. I'm going to get back on my surfboard here in a minute and then I'm Mm going to go after it again. But um, some people, they hit one bad wave and then they're just done. They're not going to, they're they're done and they're not going to even try. So I think, I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think gives people that spark to want to get up and fight the waves? I think it's exactly what you just said. We all, even if we're in prison, we'll get a little taste of bliss. Mm. And that's just because of the way life is, right? Like it might be something super simple, like... We're walking down the street and we see some reflections in a puddle or like the sun breaking through some leaves in a tree or something. And we have a little moment where, you know, there's a little whisper in the back of our mind saying, wow, okay, 
that's real. Or maybe it'll be, you know, we'll be in a relationship, we'll be making love and we become one with everything or we do whatever it is. We'll have a little tiny taste of it. And I think that's, I'm being kind of romantic in everything I'm saying in this particular moment in time. Like that is enough to give you hope to keep, kind of keep going. And if you do keep going, then probably you'll get more and more and something will happen to give you a, a greater taste of what it feels like to be riding those waves. But you're right as well, because eventually the world is going to creep in. You're going to have to worry about paying the bills maybe, or there'll be something going on, or someone's going to die because that's all that keeps happening in life. We're all dying. And then you're going to go back into your head and then you're going to go back out into the world. And I guess it just depends at which stage you're at, how frequently that is going to happen. Because for me in my life, as I've stepped out of the prison I used to live in because of my own mind and become more real and started doing all the things I talk about and living in this real way where, you know, I'm trying to be creative all the time and move towards wholeness and all the stuff we talk about on the podcast. The more I live like that, the more tastes of that I get, the more waves I get to ride with. And even when the world does creep in, I know how to, I know where I need to return. Because once you've had a taste, even though, you know, the, I've been very poetic all of a sudden, I don't know why, like, even though you're not literally eating the fruit, there's still a kind of residue in your mouth and you know the direction you need to move in because of the the, <laughs> the juices that are still there. Right. And so it gets easier and easier to return to that place. So I guess in answer to your question, if you're in prison, there'll always be some little moments of truth that seep in between the cracks. And I guess they're enough to kind of stir you to the feeling that there's more or to justify the feeling that you have that there is more. Because if you're in prison, I believe our real version of who we are, the wholeness is always kind of trying to break out. And those little tastes that are always there or those little signs that it's there seeping beneath the cracks or between the cracks are gonna be enough to kind of keep you going. Otherwise, everyone in prison would just kill themselves. But if you don't listen to that or you don't pay attention to it and you keep avoiding your own realness, that's where you get this situation where self-destruction is resurrection and you'll hit rock bottom because you've been, been ignoring all the signs and you become totally static and totally shut down because your mind and ego are basically doing everything they can to keep you in prison. And then something has to happen where you'll be woken up, like somebody will die, you, you'll get ill, something, you might lose something, something will happen basically where you hit rock bottom and then you have no choice but to wake up. And in either case, whether it's these little whisperings of truth seeping, be seeping between the prison bars or hitting rock bottom and you're like, right, I need to make some changes. The end result is always the same, which is awareness ultimately. And then you get onto the stage of flow and, you know, awakening and then flow and all that kind of stuff. So that was a super, super ramble well, about it, that. Well, I, it I is. Well, it's, it goes, no, it goes back to that. It's the acceptance, but it's like almost a radical acceptance. And then yeah. here you finally, you finally are like, yay, I got my radical acceptance. And then everybody's <laughs> like, 
what are you doing with that radical acceptance? You're not allowed to have that. You're like, wait a minute. I, it took me so long just to get to this point. And now yeah. I have to deal with all these external yeah. stuff. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like, oh man, you're like, I'm out. I'm going to off myself and just, I don't, I can't please everybody <laughs> if I can't please myself. So it's like, you see that. So it's yeah. like people need to let you know, yeah, you know, they say that that's not there and this is going to be, but it could be there. And I think if, you, if you're more prepared, you know, what is it? You idolize the the worst case scenario. People mm. are always like, oh, you know, it's not about that. But it's it is nice to know if you have that in mind that you're not going to be surprised by it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's part of acceptance because the only thing you can accept is reality. Right. And so right. if you accept reality, you also have to accept the reality of yourself and other people. And part of accepting that is that if somebody is saying things in an attempt to prevent you from embracing acceptance of yourself and life and basically having that unconditional radical acceptance if they're trying to stop you having that then at some level they lack it that's the Mm -hmm. only reason they would try and hold you back from that way of being and so if you accept that as par for the course i know you're a golfer so that's why i said yeah totally if you you accept that as par for the course then even that will even other people saying those kind of things to you will kind of slide off your you like a water off a duck's back because you realize it's not real and so because you've got that real foundation yourself because of acceptance the unreal stuff from others bothers you way less and then i guess you can get into the final stage of your little pathway which is freedom but Mm. one final thing actually sorry the other thing about flow and acceptance is that once you find that real place within yourself, you have to flow because reality is always flowing. And the only thing that stops us is the mental bullshit of the prison and so on and so forth. And so if you can get to that point, you have no choice but to flow and then you get to your final stage of freedom. So I guess the question is, how do we go from flow to freedom? And what is the difference between the two, I suppose? I mean, for me personally, it's just not even thinking about my hair, like, you know, and then it, it not even being a thing like I, um, you know, from it being such a huge portion of my daily everything from, you know, my hair dye schedule stuff to then the whole transformation process to now I just don't even think about it. I mean, the freedom of it just not being on the plate at all, really, other than when I need to get a haircut or something like that. So, and then the freedom of realizing by breaking out of that prison that it gave me the blueprint to do it in so many other things on bigger scales. And it's like, wow. And at that point you're like, wow, this is, this is crazy that this, this was the door that I walked through and now this is where I'm at. Mm. And Mm. now I'm, I'm, you know, I just want to help as many people see that they can do that too in their own way. You know, that's the thing is, is that. I want people to, and I don't know, it's different for everybody. Just like some people can sit and meditate. Some people can't sit and meditate. Some people it's like, but I'm a a huge advocate for women to get into their bodies, Mm. um, you know, and learning some values for just the beginning staples of this. And then, you know, having a support group, because a lot of, you know, my YouTube channel is basically more of a, a support group for these women to help support them to get to this freedom because a lot of again going back to the women's 
even in the gray hair, it's more about the beauties that you can do with the gray hair and stuff like that. And we're not really talking about the mental aspect that happens as you're watching that hair change from that color that it's always been. And in my case, it was very, very dark to like a totally different look. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, there's so much more after it. And when you see all these women, th- not only surviving, but totally thriving mm-hmm. in this, you know, where you're supposed to be invisible and you're not supposed to, you're just like, Oh my gosh, girl, come sit down. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Let me, let me show you some more stuff, mm. you know, and uh, show you how good it is on the side. Well, I think um, what you're kind of saying is that if you, if you become aware of the prison and you stop it from holding you back because you let yourself flow with life and you've got that natural deep acceptance of the way that things are and so on and so forth. Eventually you're going to flow to this point where you basically realize you can do whatever you want Mm. within reason. And because you have that foundation of acceptance, basically you can start to use that to shape your life so that it's an expression of who you really are. And you know, there are less external barriers and all that kind of stuff. And it all starts by just embracing some specific thing, like you said, like in this case, gray hair, and then riding the lessons it has to teach you to wherever it ends up going. But for all of us, no matter how we wake up, whether it's through gray hair or an illness or a relationship falling to pieces or just a bad day in general, whatever it is, that is the end result of just trusting life and following these lessons where they need to take us. You can do whatever you want, really. And it seems like that's where you've now found yourself by just going through this process. Well, and it's so funny, too, because the freedom resonates with so many people. Like the older women that see me that are still dyeing their hair are like, man, I mean, maybe I should do that. And then I have a daughter who is younger and she's going to be, you know, she's going to have to grow up with these TikTok filters and all this stuff. And so like when her kid or her friends see me with the gray hair, they love my hair. So it's like, you know, I want them to realize that they, that they have other options too. Like that they, you know, that they don't have to go that path. And the only way we do that is to be represented, you know? Mm -hmm. So going back to the whole, you know, Mm -hmm. beauty thing, it's like everybody's out there, but they got to see all the options. Yeah. So your freedom is freeing other people basically. Right. Hmm. Well, I think I've learned a lot today about aging in general. And I'm kind of looking forward to getting even older and then dying. (laughs) So thank you for that. How would you uh, sum all this up? And can you let people know where they can find you? So your website, if you want to share that, and your YouTube channel, definitely, and all those kind of things. So uh, you can find me. um, Well, I guess I get to sum it all up. I mean, I think that it don't take your life too seriously. I mean, I know that that sounds silly, but (laughs) I mean... there's a fine line there. You know, I think that a lot of times we do that. And I think when we loosen up a little bit, sometimes it takes a minute, Mm -hmm. but when we do, we find a lot of enjoyment out of that. And Mm -hmm. um, whether that translates to happiness for that person or not, I don't, you know, that's, I guess, relative to them. But I think that um, life is short, Mm -hmm. very short. Mm -hmm. so don't spend any time 
if you can regretting it, the mm. things that you did. Stay so, out of prison, kids. I think yeah. that's the good advice then. Yeah, stay out of prison. And you can find me at, um, you can reach me on my website at mysocalledreality.com or my YouTube channel, which is the same, or on Instagram. But I'm more active probably on my YouTube channel than anything mm. as okay. far as responding. I haven't um, been that active of late, but I've had some things going on. I, I will be back there. Mm. Well, I will share that. And everything okay. else in the show notes. Okay. Well, Hizzy to the Hizzo, Heather, thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, I'm glad we did this finally.